0: what's up you guys this is shit black girls watch thank you for tuning in this is our third episode i am your host mia denae along with my bestie trish (laughs) and we have a really special guest today we are super excited about this person um he goes by the name of consciously that you guys may know him off of instagram he went viral he is a tiktok uh influencer as well. And we're going to get into the conversation about homosexuality in television and film. And also we're talking about uh, trans culture and trans life in television and film as well. But before we get into that, you know, we always start off with our Black Unicorn segment. And this week we have Barry Jenkins. So Trish, why don't you start that off and talk about our amazing Black Unicorn?
1: Look, absolutely. Nothing in this world makes me happier than talking about this movie Moonlight. So Barry Jenkins is the director and writer of Moonlight. Um, he's known for If Bill Street Could Talk, and if you're into the mumblecore genre, which is, a, I didn't even know the shit had a name, but basically it's like low budget films where there's mo- more focus on dialogue and less on acting and like big production. Um, he did Medicine for Melancholy as well, so that's the first Black mumblecore movie. He also um, directed an episode of Dear White People and He ended up working for Oprah at Harpo's Films for two years before leaving because he realized that he couldn't chase his dreams while chasing other people's. So finally, um, a former classmate of his approached him. They ended up working on Moonlight together in 2016. Moonlight is a very important movie, especially when you're talking about LGBT representation in film, we are talking about um, trans representation, only because this was probably one of the most, most subtle but impactful films as far as, like, Black LGBT movements go. Um, For those of you that have seen Moonlight, you already know what I'm talking about. For those of you who haven't, we're actually gonna talk about it a little bit more throughout this episode, but we definitely wanted to highlight Barry Jenkins for giving visibility and a voice to that population.
0: Most definitely. All right, all right. So we are about to get into our guest for today. Um, I feel like Trish, I feel like you should introduce him because you're, you're the one yeah. that, uh, brought him on and was like, yo, we need to have this guy on the episode. He's amazing. What he's saying is very important. So why don't you do the, the honors?
1: Absolutely. For those of you who don't know, this is going to be a little, a little more educational than normal. So no, nah, we, we still
0: want to have fun. I you. To, I'm but I wanted
1: to, but I wanted to introduce myself by, you know, I am a queer black woman. I do go by she, her pronouns. And this is important for me because it's important that people who identify with like their gender at birth, people who identify as, you know, the heteronormative population. It's important that those people also advocate for LGBT groups as well. So the reason I picked Consciously was because I was scrolling through the gram and there was this dude who was going off about how Black Lives Matter includes trans lives. And this was like, this is not necessarily the most common response I've seen. So it was, a, that really like stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, man, he would be a great person to come on. And when we're talking about leveraging like that allyship, he would be a great person to come on and fuck with us.
2: Yeah, man. So with that being said, this is your boy, George Lee, AKA Conscious Lee. Don't forget the leave. You can find me at georgeleespeaks.com for all booking and information. My motto is education is elevation. I consider myself a edutainer. This is where you get education and entertainment together. They collide. You feel me? I try to make sure everything I talk about is very engaging and very uplifting in terms of intellectual and more progression. You know what I'm saying? Um, when I teach, yeah. I don't teach to be agreed with. I teach to provoke thoughts. I'm repeat that. When I teach, I teach. To provoke thoughts, not to be agreed with. Shout out, shout out, shout out to all the gender fluid, uh, gender neutral, uh, trans. Uh, you know, I'm shout, shout out to all the non-straight people. How about that? <laughs>
1: In simplest terms. Right. So this actually streamlines into like our question. Why did you feel like it was important to have that conversation about what inclusivity looks like when you're talking about Black Lives Matter?
2: Um, I think that it is easy to have conversations and talk about people that uh, have sex like you or praise the same God like you or that perform their blackness the same way that you do. I think that when i think about white supremacy i think of the rigidness the way that white supremacy try to push niggas in the boxes and make it where you only can perform or be a particular way i think that if i'm going to be pro-black i have to be pro-black in every way shape form and fashion and i can't pick and choose what niggas i'm going to be down for i think that's the same hubris of white supremacy where i get to legitimize particular negroes while delegitimizing other negroes so i think yes. that if i'm going to be pro-black i have to be pro-black in every entity and recognize the, 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 the multiplicity of blackness and the various ways that black folks kind of live their life. I know that I'm a straight cisgender black man. I know that everybody not a cisgender straight black man. I know that when it comes to anti-blackness and white supremacy, that based off of how you're positioned in the world, this gonna impact your unique ways of how you are, you feel me, living live this life. So I know that if, you know what I'm saying, you are a, a, a trans black woman, I know that how white supremacy and anti-blackness impact, you might be a little differently. I think if I'm gonna be real with my pro-blackness, I have to be able to account for all the different textures. Disabled black people, black people that don't praise, know what I'm saying? That don't praise the same God I praise, or good praise the same God I praise, black folks that don't speak English. I need to be able to think about that. You know what I'm saying? I In this rant with the homie Huey P. Newton said, I gotta think globally and act locally. And I think in thinking globally, I gotta think about all the multiple ways in which black people occupy this space called life.
1: Bruh, how many, how often do people tell you you have charisma? like is that like a just uh, a little more than so charisma Right. Point. <laughs> like, i was drawn in i'm
2: sorry i'm a lot i wouldn't yeah a lot no,
0: no, i think it's very necessary that was great because at the end of the day it's exactly what you said it's more about it's not even just about having a conversation but opening up the mind to want yes. to have a conversation and to think in a different way and i think that's what is lacking in today's society is the fact that we aren't able to just have conversations it's like right. if you don't agree with me then you're my enemy and that That doesn't have to be the case, especially with the Black community. We can all live and breathe and have different mindsets, but work collectively together for a bigger cause. Go Um, off, both of you. Definitely,
2: definitely. Yeah.
0: So um, getting into the question of how did you become educated or how did you become more open-minded and more comfortable in who you are to be able to... um, just be able to uphold and, you know, say that Black Trans Lives Matter and the LGBT community is important. Um, how did you get to that point?
2: Man, shout out to all the policy debate nerd around <laughs> the country. I was actually a policy debater for four years. So I was pretty good at it. Um, I was uh, recently named one of the top 20 policy debaters of the decade. And through this experience during college doing college debate, I was able to learn a lot about different perspectives and positions. When I debated, I debated about the black community politically, socioeconomically, the hood. And because I debated that way, I was forced to come across many other people that had different social locations that was also about what they was about, the way I was about what I was about. So in that, <laughs> I was literally able to kind of I'm being real, I was able to debate against people that talked about you. trans rage and talked about, you know what I'm saying, Matthew Shepard and Futurity. And talked about, you know what I'm saying, different ways in which we talk about uh, reproductive systems and talk about, you know what I'm saying, the ways in which we try to procreate and think about the ways we try to preserve the future. So I had to, I had to have those conversations for four years and I was doing it from the deepest perspective you can think of. So I think that when I got out of debate, I, I really developed this itch that I had to scratch. And shit, TikTok became the place for me to be able to express myself in a way that I want to express myself, and I think that once I let go of respectability politics and let go of people thinking particular ways about me because I was thinking on what I was standing for, I said, "Fuck it, yeah, put me where I'm at." Though, when I started being unapologetically consciously, and if I can justify and defend it, I say it. Shit, put me in the position I'm in right now. But literally, policy debate. Though, I got a couple of degrees. I got a I got an undergraduate degree in African African American Studies. I got a master's degree in Human Relations, and I have a master's degree in Adult and Higher Education. I teach, right. I teach debate right like right now i'm a debate <laughs> coach i also teach english to ninth and tenth graders at alternative school. so when i say education is elevation that's really what i be on i just do it a little different than people used to
1: lee i appreciate that work man that that's a lot of work to do and later on because i want you to think about it a little bit i'm gonna ask you what advice you have for black men who might be trying to move more that towards that progressive way of thinking um and what they can do because it sounds like you have a lot of experience processing shit you know really Laying out arguments and really trying to understand a concept. So later on, I'm going to ask you that again, and I'm going to give you some time to think about an answer, okay? All
0: right, so we are going to move into the main segment of the podcast, the Let's Get Real segment, where uh, this episode we are talking about LGBT representation in Black films. And the main films we're going to be talking about today are Moonlight, Tangerine, and the TV show P-Valley um so did you get a chance to watch tangerine i actually just watched it like an hour before this podcast
2: <laughs> yeah like, I, was, um, I was only able to catch clips of it i wasn't able to that's catch. Okay. It few, yeah, that's okay yeah i actually read a few articles about it though i read a few articles about it before we got on the podcast today so i'm i'm, I'm ready to give me an analysis don't Good worry for
1: you no. and what about uh how you feel about moonlight p valley lovecraft
2: Moon, Moonlight and P-Valley is some revolutionary films that I gotta, you know what I'm saying, like P-Valley, hey, shout out to Nico, you know what I'm saying he must have came across one of the, uh, they must have came across one of the videos, you know what I'm saying of uh, me, uh, so, you know what I mean, they surprised the hell out of me and gave in <laughs> a post, and blew my mind. Oh, really? That's what's up. Shout out to the whole, uh, shout out to the entire cast of P-Valley, shout out to the That's entire lit. cast of P-Valley, especially Nico.
0: Which, um, post was this about
2: my um, ex was making fun of Nico. <laughs> bit. Actually, te- 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 technically, I was making fun of more Chesna. Mm. I was making fun of more Chesna. Somebody on Twitter was like, my grandma asked this more chestnut and was talking oh about- yeah, <laughs> you feel me? And then somebody said, What more chestnut could never and was talking about Nico's, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what I'm saying mustache or whatever. And I thought that was the most hilarious thing ever. And I shared it. Somebody tagged him in, and you know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't even know what Nico. I feel like I feel like Nico go by him, but I'm not completely sure. So I'm gonna say they. I feel like that's neutral in my yeah, mind. They. They, they say they. So you know what I'm saying? Nico, you feel me, tapped in and was like, you know surprise me you know what <laughs> follow me and everything engage with them but you know uh p-valley right now is it's you you can't get on social media and not see nothing about p-valley and paint You
1: absolutely
2: right.
0: yeah that's a that's a great transition for us to talk about p-valley and when i was looking at you know some of the articles and stuff i came across the one that you gave us trish and he was saying he had this quote to say about p-valley and why he basically we're, decided to wear his beard as
2: oh sorry
0: no, you're absolutely right. I'm not sure oh, if he goes oh, by me. No,
1: oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. I actually have oh, no. the answer.
2: Give so it to in, us.
1: In the actual show, Uncle Clifford is a beautiful Black non-binary queer who identifies with the pronoun she. And
2: that's agree, the- yes. In the show. In the show. In the show.
1: Yes, but I don't know what Nico's actual
2: real life yeah, is I don't know about. either. Let me, okay, let me, so. I, I my phone, so I would go to Nico's <laughs> Instagram, and I feel like it's on there, but I can't think about it right now. Yeah, we don't know the
1: actual, we can go with
0: So it. Nico, so I would just say Nico. So yeah. Nico in the show, he had, or Nico had this to say about why she wears the beard in the show. Um, basically, it was, if you're living in this rural South area and you're running a strip club, yet you have the courage to be your full, complete self in this manner, there still has to be a level of security. It was a statement about not trying me. Don't look at femininity as a sign of weakness. Femininity is total strength. And I think that to embrace that level of femininity, it was empowering. So I wanted to talk about that femininity and I wanted to get into the conversation of, for me, I believe that as human beings, we all have a masculine and feminine side. And all of us and so Mm -hmm. for you consciously what would you say to men about tapping into their femininity and being comfortable with it and i guess what has been your process in regards to embracing your femininity if you agree with
2: that, i'm um, I, def- I definitely agree with the statement that us as beings were made of feminine and masculine energy, and I think that a lot of times, based off of how we represent represented in society, i.e., you, you, you are perceived as a man or a woman. You think of you having to always already perform a certain notion of masculinity or a certain notion, of, a certain notion of femininity, and I think that's where we start getting into these. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't even want to use the word toxic because the you way know I'm saying the, the, the white liberals mm. have colonized the word, so I'm gonna say problematic. I think that we start getting into them problematic notions of how people perform themselves. So for mm-hmm. me, I think about Horton Spiller, she had this little uh this little, this little uh this little, uh document. I think I can make this journal, I'm gonna say a journal she wrote called uh Mama's Baby Papa's baby. Mama's baby papa's baby, you feel me? And it was a uh a academic, you know what I'm saying, journal about the um morning here report where you feel me, some white dude in like the 70s set out to figure out what was wrong with the black community, and he came up that black women were leading the community. And this was the issue with the community because there was no black men. And the reason I'm bringing this article up because Horton Spillers concluded in that black men need to be able to say yes to the woman within. Need to be able to say mm, yes to the black yes. women. And for me, I think that being from the hood, I know a lot of niggas get lost in the sauce of this gay theory or this gay agenda that's trying to emasculate all the black men and turn all the kids gay. I think it's easy to buy into that narrative because I feel like it's easy. I, 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 I say it's easy to buy into that narrative, but I think it's one that we gotta be critical in thinking about. In terms of who it messes up and who does it, you know what I'm saying? Who, who does it advantage and who does it disadvantage? And I think that is one that's kind of like fake. You feel me? Like the gay yeah. agenda, not to turn niggas out, it's not to make kids gay, it's for gay people to want to be left the hell alone, politically, socially, economically, to want to be able to exist and be able to exist, not to be able to turn all the black men, thinking like not not that. I think that's what happens though. Right right now, I think that for me to talk about the LGBT community, a lot of niggas be like the nigga being a simp, he being this, he being that, he being this. But because I debate it, it's like nigga, I could defend my shit. Let's get it. But I know that a lot of black men are discouraged because of how other black men will see you. I think that's a pinnacle. Mm -hmm. I think that's a paradox in itself. You feel Mm -hmm. me? You say you're not a. You say homophobia is bad, or you say homophobia is good. I ain't with that gay shit. But you prioritize your appeal to other people of the same sex, which is very homoerotic. You know what I'm saying? But I'm gonna let that go. That's
0: some real shit. (laughs) Nah, it's it's so layered, and I think a lot of times it has to do with ego as well.
1: Well, no, you're absolutely right about the ego thing. Like, that's where a lot of this shit comes from, I think, it's ego. And, you know, that's neither here nor there. But I was thinking about where you were talking about, like, femininity and masculinity. And I know that I tend to tap into, like, my masculine side more. And I actually find it difficult to relax into, like, feminine energy or whatever. A good place to start is clarifying gender identity versus, like, you know, um, gender expression. Gender expression, masculine, feminine, gender identity is what you identify as. So for me, like, even though I identify as a woman, like, I definitely express my masculinity more than anything. So I like that Uncle Clifford kept that to kind of keep going in and out of both. Like, he says, he's not, or they say they're non-binary. So they do tend to go dabble in and out of both masculine and feminine energies. And I, I can fuck with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, Uncle Clifford was just something I never seen on television before. Absolutely. The first time I ever seen anything similar to a man dressed as a woman, either it be drag or, what was it called when you just dressed as a woman? Cross-dressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my first experience with that was Crooklyn and I saw uh, RuPaul in the bodega and he was like, uh-uh, I keep my pussy clean. Or she was like, I keep my pussies clean. And I was like, okay. Like that was my first experience. I didn't even know what I was looking at. So to go from that to uh, Holiday Heart and then to get into, you know, the P Valley and even post right that's a throwback and i feel like Dang, that was boy. something in itself like that was not seen on television or in movies at all
2: being reigned man
1: and i think i think there's a nice balance there because without getting into like you know an analysis of it like uncle clifford is probably one of the most respected people on the show and it's important mm-hmm. for us to see that because you know there is a lot of homophobia and transphobia in the black community. So when you see that in like a, a mass media production or whatever, it's it brings visibility to the fact that you can you can maintain that masculine energy if we're going to go with like mm-hmm. gender normatives or whatever, and the femininity and still be respected without it turning into like this whole fucking
2: mm-hmm.
1: like attack.
2: See, I feel like. I think it's a double-edged sword, though. I think it's kind of a double-edged sword, though. I think that on one notion, it is great that we have the representation, but on the other notion of people believing in conspiracy theories and believing in Mm -hmm. the right to passage for people, I think it makes it where people that want to watch that type of P-Valley production, it makes it where you kind of, are you supporting that mainstream shit trying to turn us in and this, that? You know what I'm saying? I I, I know that whether you're a southerner, whether you're West Coast, whether you're on the East Coast, it's folks that believe that and this ain't how it was back in the day. They trying to turn everybody gay now. They mm-hmm. forcing it on to us. Now I ain't got no problem yes. with the friends. When they start, come on now, you didn't hurt your grandma, your grandpa, your uncle, your, your auntie, your, your crazy ass cousin, your partner with the school with. I ain't got no problem with the gay shit. They trying to force it on me though. And I think that when you think about a production like P-Valley, one is able to make the argument that it's being pushed on to me. I think that's the double end yeah. that and make it where it's sad that people can use a advantage of representation to be able to be like me.
1: Yeah some people will turn that, that, that positive into a negative and you know what by all means bro like if that's if that's how you feel go right. off but it's not that serious and people like i'm saying that's why i said that question is important for how we can help progress some people from where they're at to you know get where you're at as far as being able to go in and out of both understanding that both exist understanding that, you know, it's not a threat to your masculinity to, you know, express any feminine characteristics or support people who express themselves outside of the norm. This shit's important, man. It's fucking important.
2: So. Hey, you, hey you just say this you are whack as hell if your masculinity is threatened by the presence of a l a g a b a t a q a plus you whack you lame as shit you feel me like i don't think you can't be gangster you can't say you street you can't say none of that if you feel threatened or you feel like you in feel or you feel like you being came for by the presence of some gay shit then you need to revaluate yourself man
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's the main point. Reevaluate yourself. Right. <laughs> yourself,
1: not yourself. what they're doing. Or what's going else, on in the bedroom.
2: Issue you. Issue you. Choose, it's yes. it's you. Choose, it's you Absolutely.
1: And since we're talking about you know, trans, non-binary, whatever, I did just want to plug the movie Tangerine movie um, we were talking about earlier. So Tangerine is basically about these two trans women who are running through I think it's L.A. Tinseltown or some shit um and basically they're looking for the pimp for a pimp which is one of theirs one of their boyfriends so there's cindy and there's alexandra they're fucking wandering around it's hilarious it was shot on the iphone 5 and it's actually one i think it's 11th best lgbt film of all time so if you guys want to get like a really raw authentic you know expression of what that's like especially as a sex worker because they're like real sex workers um definitely check out tangerine as well
0: yeah, I thought Tangerine was really good, and I'm not
1: even—I'm
0: not a big indie person. Um, mm-hmm. But after you told me it was shot on the iPhone 5, I was like, "Oh, this is this is legit." And the acting, the production was really good. The production was good. Right. Snow, and in was,
2: Snow in the Bluff remind me Snow in the Bluff.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I was so confused. I was like, I don't know if this movie is so bad that the acting <laughs> feels good, or if the actors are that good that is making all this come to life and feel so real. But it, yeah. it just felt like low key, like a documentary. Like we were it just following felt- these characters around wow. on a everyday one, of, you know what I'm saying? As they're working in the streets.
1: It felt very authentic. And I was telling Mia earlier, like if you've ever seen Kids, I hate that movie because of how, you know, real it is but it's kind of like 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 me said like a documentary like we were just kind of following them down the street we were immersed in like their life for a day
2: and the, and the thing I got from it is the humanization of sex work you feel me Absolutely. a lot of people is is, is is I think a lot of us in in society are conditioned to always see sex work as being some deviant nasty disgusting dirty ass shit mm-hmm. and I think that when we can put like a face and humanity towards the experience and we start thinking about it Cause in my mind it's a lot of folks that say they love capitalism but you can't turn around and talk about you hate sex workers like hey listen man sex work is one of the oldest industries of capitalism and it's just like hey man stop stop if you if you say you like capitalism and damn it say you like it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. if you don't was, like it then shit and i'm my mind is like people the, the biggest people against sex work are usually the biggest capitalists you feel me mm-hmm. That's but talk.
1: there's like a moral high ground with sex work and you know women actually internalize misogyny um when they like buy into that shit. Like, remember when Cardi was talking about everybody should vote and everybody's like, shut up the fuck up, you stripper bitch. And I was like, whoa, chill out. Like they were basically like, she can't have an opinion because she was a sex worker and she was a stripper. And I was like, where the fuck does that even come from? And there was women supporting that.
2: You really feel that way though.
1: they they do but it's 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 fucking crazy because like you said those same people are the get money capitalists at heart
0: i think we should maybe get into a little bit of conversation about the difference between transgender and drag queen because that was also brought up in the movie tangerine for the main character alexandra i believe was the name trish
1: well yeah because it's when we were trying to figure out like if her performance was going to be like a performance of you know drag or if it was just going to be a regular singing performance end up being a singing performance, but I think people tend to confuse drag queens with transgender and I also think they confuse gender identity with sexuality because people love conflating like trans with homosexual and it's like those two are not one and the same.
2: I call um, it gender illiteracy. That's what I call it. You are it. illiterate to mm-hmm. understanding how gender and sexuality work. This means you cannot read or write situations <laughs> with gender and sexuality. Take your ass to the library, go to the section where they talk about womanism, feminism and all that shit and just pick you up a book. You'll learn some things you know we know that gender is about is Go gonadge. Genitals you feel me yes. You know what I mean? No, no, no that's a that's a lot. Gender is about how you how you identify. A lot of people don't know. It is sex.
1: identification,
2: uh-huh. but people assume it's,
1: like it's about the X and Y chromosomes. Yeah, it ain't
2: about that though. Gender is not about that. When niggas in the hood say you acting like a bitch, they are not saying you have a vagina. They are not saying you have a pussy. They are saying that you are, they're indicting a particular action or performance. This means mm-hmm. when we talk about gender, performing gender, it's literally about a performance that you are putting off when it comes to gender. When niggas say you are acting like a bitch, you know what they're talking about.
1: You didn't minor in gender studies. Uh,
2: uh I got a, uh, I got a, I got a certificate. I guess I studied. I got, I got. A, I I got, know, I got so a... you
1: got something because this isn't like <laughs> common knowledge.
2: Oh uh, yeah, I got a, <laughs> I got a, I got, a, I got, I got a graduate certificate in women and gender studies. So I was, I was literally the only black man in a lot of those class. Really, you know, there's only like three, three, four dudes in the class, and a lot of times I was the only black dude. So I thought about gender and sexuality from a different perspective. So I think I just was forced to think about it that way. But I know that sex is about your chromosomes. It's about your, you know what I'm saying. you gonads, going you know what I'm saying. Your gender, is about a performance. And I think that Absolutely. I think about the difference between being trans and being drag. Drag is a performance on a stage. Gender, a transgender, is not a performance on the stage. I don't want to make it where I conflict the word performance, but mm-hmm. to me, drag is like performance when you perform for entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you do it for a particular notion. To me, it's trans, the dressing up person. Mm-hmm.
1: That's
2: mm-hmm. that's who they is. They sleep. That that's who they is. They wake up. That's who they is. Drag is like, hey man, I'm finna do this dope ass song from Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. I am inspired by as this. Well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so now I'm finna go fucking bust this Mariah Carey song and exactly. tune in my inner queenness. Yes, bitch, yes, whatever. You know what I'm saying?
0: That was a I good point. The the dressing up of a of a gender, it could either be you know being male or being female, but it's it's a performance, just like you said. Like you're building it up. You could take it off at the end of the night. Compared to, you Ooh, know, someone.
1: If, okay, so if gender is a performance and like we dress up in our gender, you know, performances or whatever, what do you think people perceive you to be? Like if it was just solely based off of like how you interact with people, like do they see you as feminine or do they see you as masculine?
2: I think that based, I hate to be philosophical, but I think that me knowing the feminine, like the spectrum that femininity and masculinity exist on, it mm-hmm. really depends on who I'm talking to. That's what I've learned. When I'm talking to people of the LGBT community, I come off a lot more masculine you know what I'm saying? A, a lot more sis. you feel me? I'm talking mm-hmm. to some niggas in the streets, depending on what we're talking about, they might be like, that hey, nigga the George, man, hey, nigga, they'll act like a little feminine or this <laughs> you know, thing. But, but to <laughs> it's me, it's up. all about who I'm performing. Who, it's, it's, it's about who the audience is, is why I see, you know what I'm saying? When I make a video on TikTok, I got 600,000 people that's on there. I'm a 7 thousand mm. people on there. But I know that my LGBTQ followers is gonna interpret a lot different from my niggas from Chicago. I'll interpret mm. a lot different from my, you know what I'm saying, a uh, uh, black woman from Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? I think that I recognize there's a varying interpretation of how I come off, but I'm, I'm straight, you know what I'm saying, I'm cis. But i don't give a damn i i know who i am i'm comfortable with who i am and i perform i perform femininity i, I it is what it is i, I
1: appreciate that lee because it's like like you are comfortable and that's why i said like i'll see you like you dancing around on your on your fucking instagram and shit. <laughs> but like i see it and it's like nothing is threatening this guy's masculinity like supporting lgbt you know, policy supporting LGBT rights and freedoms, like, nothing about that is going to make you less of a man, nothing about that is going to bring you down as a woman, like, I just, you know, I appreciate It to be you. so
2: explicit, but if we ain't fucking, what you worried about? Why? If, I have no idea. Fucking, why you worried about how I'm fucking? I don't know. And I'm 29 years old, I'm not 19, I'm not 18, so you're not gonna push me into some transphobic, homophobic bullshit because you're questioning my gender or my sexuality. You feel me? <laughs> If anything, I might, I might, I might mess with your mind a little bit, but I'm, 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 past that. You feel me? I'm, I'm 29 years old. Some people might not seem old, but to me, it's like I'm, I, it's certain shit. I'm, 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 above it. I'm beyond it. I'm past it. And I'm not gonna let nobody take me back to a level I've leveled up from. You know what I'm saying? My mama, I'm, I'm not. And I'm not respecters. gonna bother. All, shit.
1: all right, <laughs> He's talking his I'm shit. All of that. Fun fact: me and I are also 29.
2: Hey, shout out to all of us millennials. thing, oh goddamn God 1990, 1991. I'm 19. 1990.
1: Don't even, you know, I'm, we're 30, actually. I'm sorry, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like,
0: you just lied to this man. We just turned 30. <laughs> I thought we I just turned 29.
2: I can't keep I 30 in December. Hey, oh, okay, you know? shout out to being 30. That's what I mean. <laughs> you, you see, coming soon, man. But peep, peep game though, man. I can't like, be, and in, 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 I feel like you know, what I'm saying influence to act. By, I'm saying on shit that I was influenced to act in a piece by when I was 19, 20. You feel me? Absolutely. I'm not no high schooler, mm-hmm. man. I'm a grown ass man. Your,
1: so I don't care your... about
2: what no other nigga think how I'm fucking. Nigga, we not <laughs> fucking, my nigga, so what you worried about? As a matter of fact, you homophobic, you acting gay, bro. So how you uh, What I weaponize your homophobia against you? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you talking about? Why are you worried about what I'm doing in the bedroom? Is you trying Absolutely
1: to- Absolutely fuck- right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what you want me to tell me? want me ask my wife is, you a type? You know what I'm saying? To so me, I ain't got time for it. You know what I'm saying? I hate to be so explicit and so vulgar about it, but it is what it is.
1: Be as real as possible, man. Um, what you're talking about actually reminds me of me, and I love Lovecraft Country. If you haven't checked out Lovecraft Country, please listen. watch that damn show because Jordan Peele and Misha Green. I probably should have put Misha Green's name first, whatever. But them <laughs> together, they have created some shit. The less you try to make sense of it, the less logic you try to be about it, like the less logical you try to be, um, the better that shit is. But last episode um, we watched was episode five and something happened. Spoiler alert. Fast forward if you haven't watched that shit by now. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Right. I wish you had a big ass buzzer or some shit. Okay, so spoiler alert. (laughs) 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 fucking kenneth williams ends up you know coming out as homosexual and he is dating a drag queen um But the way he comes out is really beautiful. It happens in a really, really beautiful way. Um, It's very, like the production of it is gorgeous. It was very magical and
0: fairy dusty. Like, this would never happen in real life. Glitter
1: came from the ceiling (laughs) on this man while he was being carried around a dance floor. That shit was beautiful. But my my question, I think, Lee, is also for you. Um, How can we, like there was a space for him in that moment to express his sexuality, to express his real authentic self. Like, I wish there was more space for black men to be able to express and explore their sexuality. And this is not me forcing anything out of everybody's throat, God forbid. But, you know, how can we just create more space where it's not such a like a taboo or such a trigger where it's like that's some gay shit to like explore sexual things?
2: I think us I think us people that uh, are in positions of power and privilege within our within our communities have to take the, the torch and be able to make it where other people feel comfortable. But I'll give you an example. I know that when people talk about trans identities, there are a lot of unsafe spaces, places, and situations and circumstances that a trans person can find themselves. If they to- told you they were trans, they don't know what you're gonna do. You're gonna whoop their ass. You're gonna shoot them in the face. You're gonna talk about, it. they don't know that, right? Mm-hmm. So I recognize in order for people to be able to come out and have that true selves, you have to create those spaces. So I think that me as a cisgender straight man, I think that if I can't make it where we can have these conversations a little bit more, I mm-hmm. think that it makes it a little bit more space for people to maybe come out or maybe do, do maybe have these conversations. I yeah. know that when it comes to power and privilege, power and privilege is more likely to listen to power and privilege. Most of the shit that I say, though I'm very charismatic and maybe charming when I say it and I maybe say it in weird ways, most of the shit I'm saying is shit that people in the LGBT community have been saying. Most of the shit that I'm saying, I say that people be like, oh my God, consciously, it's shit that black women been saying. You know what I'm saying? Oh, when I know know Thank stuff. you. I, I, I want to be, be clear. Most of the ideas that I come with, maybe I'll put them together my way, but the mere idea is shit that black women been saying for centuries. It's shit that trans have been saying for centuries. You just started to listen to me because I'm not trans. I'm not a woman. So you're more likely to listen to me.
1: It's literally entire me? queer theory. The whole shit. how the shit I know. That's how,
2: how I shit I know. You know what I'm saying? Queer theory and queer theory. You know what yes, i People that don't know quar black theory people are taking queer about black, eh? you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Patrick, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Johnson you feel me, but we also know we have queer theory. Go off, Lee. You feel me? So I think that when we think about different 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 identities, it's always a way to racialize that identity. But this is, to answer your question, I know that if I can create space and move move my ass out the way, it's gonna be better for somebody I'm advocating for. Right,
1: fuck it up, Lee. No Just
2: cookies, no Fuck it up. No cookies, <laughs> baby. My daughter's trying to have cookies. It's 749. She got school in the morning. No, no cookies. I'm sorry, baby. Daddy love you, though. Dude, I want well,
1: what kind um, of cookies sorry. are they? <laughs> like, like, right? Side
2: note. <laughs> yeah, look, at, look at the adults. Like, what cookies are
1: <laughs> I think we can move on to one of, I guess, like, the highlights of my evening. Because, <laughs> like I said, we was going to talk about it again. Fucking Moonlight, man. When I tell you this movie was something different, Like, even just the way it won the Oscars, like, everything about this movie was different. The way it was shot, the way it expressed, like, Black homosexuality, like, everything that Barry Jenkins did with this movie was something that I hadn't seen before. I did want to give a little bit of tidbits. I thought it was important to mention why Moonlight is such an impactful movie, not just for the LGBT community, but also for, like, the Black community as well.
2: But the black community specifically, I put the black, I, I put, I, I, I would, would, I would, I would characterize Moonlight as being a black LGBT, I would, I would characterize the film being in the intersections, but definitely being a little bit more black, because it's from a black perspective, how it's absolutely. being told, the way, yeah. I, the way they skin glisten on that, on on the, on, on, on the camera, so that was beautiful. all cinematically shot, so I think mm-hmm. really yes. making blackness really come through on that screen. Yes, like- yes,
1: absolutely. So a little bit about like what Moonlight has has accomplished. Like it's the first LGBT film and feature film to win an Academy Award. And if y'all were watching the Oscars, it's black. yes, <laughs> if y'all were watching the Oscars that year, they were up against um, a bunch of other movies. I think Shape of Water and La La Land were specifically mm-hmm. ones I was thinking of. And La 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 La, La, La Land went up there. That and they movie was that, not even that good. It wasn't that good. I did not like that movie as much as everybody acted mm-hmm. like. But I didn't like Silver Lightning's Playbook that much either. So we'll get to that another day. But when I tell you they corrected that shit and it felt like a, that was a conspiracy. I was like, there ain't no fucking way this is an accident. This is the fucking Oscars and there's a lot of white people behind this. So I know it's organized, like, come on. Like, I know what y'all are doing back there. They, re- re- they reneged and Moonlight won. And I remember celebrating because I was like, this can't be like real life because Moonlight was a movie about a black, poor, gay boy that grew up into a man living in Florida. That shit was ridiculous. So not just that, Mahershala Ali, um, he won the Best um, Supporting Actor award with less than 20 minutes of screen time. You wanna know what kind of performance you have to give to win a fucking award with only 20 minutes of screen time? Absolutely and um i thought this was an interesting fact about moonlight it's not anything towards like what they've accomplished but um even though it's set in a rough neighborhood and, and guns are shown throughout the film there's actually not a single shot fired throughout the entire movie and i don't know why that spoke to me so much but i feel like the devil's in the details and that was a really fine detail that i appreciated was that it wasn't like it it was a movie about you know homosexuality where there was nothing necessarily I can't say that because they did you know beat the hell out of him I was gonna say nothing overly violent but he literally got attacked for being no, I, think, I think I think I
2: think it took it away from the taboo violence associated with black films we know that yes. gun violence is always associated with black people and blackness and I think that it was very smart for them to not correlate I appreciate you know, it. know they represented the presence of guns not to make gun violence present in the film because we know that cinematically, I believe they would have took away from shit that it happened. Once mm-hmm. you start being able to play in the tropes that people already have about blackness and black people, you don't allow for them to interpret your shit the way they want to interpret. That's the reason why I talk the way I talk when I do my videos. I know that if I can uh, say nigga, you know what I'm saying, you feel me, while also mm-hmm. saying the word they got six syllables in it, you're gonna be like, damn, it, nigga that code. You know what i <laughs> But I know it makes it where you can't, you can't, you can't pathologize what I'm saying the way you want to. You mm-hmm. have to listen to what I'm saying. No matter how much you want to nickify what I'm saying, you have to listen to what I'm saying on the content level.
1: I feel like Ibonic should literally be its own language, but that's where translating like that. No, absolutely. Like, I feel like that's where, because, you know, in my program or whatever, we talk about like, how are we going to be able to translate this information to communities that actually need it? And what you're talking about is translating. Like you're not monopolizing knowledge. You're taking what you have and you're just spreading the fucking wealth to everyone in a way that's not only relatable, but like understandable. Nobody's mm-hmm. gonna sit and read a fucking research article on queer theory. Nobody's gonna read anything like from Kimberly Kinshaw or Kathy Cohen. But Taylor. I will. You will, but if you, can take <laughs> and and <laughs> if you can digest that the way that you're doing, you're, you're actually already doing it. Like digesting that information and saying, y'all look, this is some real shit. And then people are listening. People are listening and you should be proud of that, man. Um, Okay, so when we're talking about Moonlight and we're talking about, you know, especially speaking of theories and shit, intersectionality. So not only is the character Chiron poor, he's gay and he's black. So, you know, when we're talking about like, this was the first time I've seen, not necessarily the first time, but it was a really, really different way of seeing intersectionality play out on screen. Like you watch like, different people accepting him throughout the film like his love interest is very supportive of him and all this other stuff but he has to protect his masculinity too the mom is a complex character but mahershala is my favorite now mahershala is you know sharon's kind of like um you know dad he's a father figure yeah Mm -hmm. but mahershala is also a drug dealer and even though he's supporting you know sharon it's like he's also you know, enabling his mom and you know, there's just so many complexities to this movie. I kind of just wanted to see how y'all felt about it, you know, what you guys took from it, um, whether it's intersectionality, whether it's LGBT issues, like just how you felt about this movie in general.
0: At the end of the day, it's, it's the twisted cycle of the hood that so many of us have, of us know, um, where it's like, to get out, I have to do some some grimy stuff sometimes to people I love, people I appreciate, people that have been supporting me. But, you know, at the end of the day, I do this so that I can, give you a little bit more wisdom and knowledge so that you don't have to do the same thing I'm doing. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the relationship between, you know, Chiron and Mahershala. The favorite, my most favorite uh, Chiron character is when he was a teenager Um, and then- Yeah, that was rough though. It was
2: rough, but- It was traumatic for me, it was triggering. Yeah.
0: It's very rough, Um, but I think it needed to be seen, especially a Mm -hmm. black man that's really trying to figure out who he is not just like figuring out who he is in the world but in in the hood and in a black space which it can be a lot more stressful because it's like I really don't have anybody to turn to mm-hmm. he don't have his mama he can't even turn to his father figure Mahershala because at the end of the day like me being homosexual isn't seen as being masculine so how mm-hmm. can I speak to him about this so they don't
1: talk about their feelings
0: I mean that's another yeah. conversation I but. know um so yeah just the, we had this conversation before about just the scene with um where he got the hand job and just how beautifully mm-hmm. shot it was and how it didn't make you feel dirty or it, it didn't mm-hmm. make you feel like
1: comfortable it didn't make
0: you feel uncomfortable yeah, yeah.
1: Like he was really, Barry Jenkins was really aware, it feels like Barry Jenkins was really aware of his audience. Like Mia was saying, like the way they shot it with the hand in the sand, you know, the waves, the moonlight, just the breathing. Like he didn't, you know how we were just talking about, I feel like we're building a curriculum with how cohesive this is. (laughs) But you know how you were talking about um, um, forcing gayness and homosexuality and trans issues down people's throats. Barry Jenkins didn't do any of that and there was no way he' could be accused of doing that. It was so I subtle. He did it as a
2: debater I think I think he made it as a debater and I know as a mm-hmm. debate coach when I make when I, get, when I when I send my students out to go make uh, make an argument, we're being mindful of the uh, mindful of the arguments that our opponents gonna make against us. If there are certain arguments our opponents can make against us, we're going to already try to account for their argument mm-hmm. while we're making our argument. So we know that when it comes to black cinema or criticisms of blackness, we know mm-hmm. that gun violence and being hypersexualized is a part of the black experience. And I think that you know what I'm saying, uh, 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 the director was mindful of how mm-hmm. gun violence can, you know, what I'm saying, take over the narrative and make it where the white folks would be saying, "Oh, it was too much of this and too much of that," or thinking about what it what it meant to sensationalize that particular sexual scene and make mm-hmm. it where it don't get to being hypersexual. Cause it's easy to see black people as being sexual beings, regardless of how asexual or unsexual you're trying to be. It's easy for people to inscribe sexuality on to us. So I think it was good to make that sensual, but not sexual, even though it was very sexual. You know what I'm saying?
1: Absolutely. And it was sensual. because. Like, it was a very
2: sensual scene. Yeah. And I'm actually thinking about it that I didn't get to watch the entire movie the way I wanted to, but mm-hmm. I've been able to some, somehow catch parts of the movie mm-hmm. on TV. So i seen like the last 30 minutes of how it ends. Doug Brother mm-hmm. got his grill, he goes see his mama. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? He riding the dark. That's how I'm able to know how, they, how, how cinematically the camera is able to catch the different tones of how black mm-hmm. skin is captured. And I know that from the shit I read, I read Afro Pessimism. Afro-pessimist theory comes from Frank Wooderson, literally Frank Wooderson, all the uh, uh, Afro-pessimists studying film and thinking about how blackness is represented in film. So when you think about and look at, you know what I'm saying, moonlight and think about literally how the black skin is like reflecting on the camera in the light is something unique. And almost also gave me, I think, uh, uh, what's that? Queen and Slim, kind of cinematically. Oh, thing. I love yeah.
1: Queen and Slim. Type
2: of feelings in terms of how they captured black skin and blackness. You know what I'm saying? Like from a visual, from a visual. You feel me? And I just thought mm. that was, you know, what I'm saying dope. And, then, and to answer your question that I'm talking, I'm ranting now, <laughs> but to answer your question, um, I think that uh 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 Marsha as I'm saying, it's right, Marshalla, Marshall's character? la, I feel like my character, I feel like represents why we should not buy into uh to uh to a uh, uh, cancel culture. You feel mm-hmm. me? How we should always look at people in whole beings and seeing them as imperfect people and being able mm-hmm. to recognize the way they are, perfect and imperfect, but also being able to make it where we don't completely disavow them. Like, because mm-hmm. Marshall is a drug dealer or Herschel is a drug dealer, this means that he cannot do anything. It's just like, mm-hmm. whoa, 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 whoa. Splitting.
0: Beautiful points made. We appreciate the conversation. Um, Trish, did you have any more questions when it comes to Moonlight?
1: Um, nah, I was, I just really like talking about moonlight <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and talk for another. I'll I'll for <laughs> well,
0: conscious, no. we really appreciate you. You are our first guest. So that this was a big deal for us. I'm honored. Um, I'm honored. Oh nah, right, yeah. We
1: really appreciate I'm you coming on, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, you, you're
1: phenomenal. I'm talking perfect. about perfect. <laughs> and I was telling Mia, I was like, he's going to go up quick. So we got to get him, we got to get him early, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I get them early because your trajectory has been like this since I first saw you on my Explore page or whatever. But I do appreciate- hey, Shout out to your Explore page, <laughs> But I do appreciate you coming on and talking about this. And I wanted to have this conversation also, you know, with a cis heterosexual Black man, because I think it's important, like I said at the beginning, for Black men specifically, but also, you know, the Black community to leverage that allyship in support of all black people, because black lives don't matter unless all lives matter, without considering this like something that is being shoved down their throat, or like you said, a conspiracy theory or anything like that, where it's just people trying to exist, trying to um, fucking live their lives the same way everybody else is, and they shouldn't be, you know, fucking crucified for that.
2: Because white people also said, I don't have anything against black people, they're just forcing it on us.
1: Mm -hmm. They're just forcing their blackness on (laughs) us?
2: That's sounds like white people. The 60s and the 50s, they <laughs> literally was talking about that. I have no issue with black people, but do we have to share them on our TV? Do we have to share our swimming pools with them? Do we have to drink out the same water fountains with them? I don't have no problem with them, but they're being forced on to me. That is they literally the same problem yeah. about trans people.
1: Yeah. Um, and and it's not even or the, gay it's, people. it's it's like the representation that we want as black people is the same representation that LGBT people want. It's not a matter of you know, playing the oppression Olympics and trying to figure out, you know, who's at the bottom of the totem pole is just wow. trying to get everybody to the top together. Like that's it.
2: And Black LGBT people exist. Like, check this out, man. Uh, like. Niko, and you know, what I'm saying, Marshall P. Johnson, and Arda Lord, and Goddamn James Baldwin, mm-hmm. and Angela mm-hmm. Davis, and I can keep on naming shit. You feel me, Laverne Cox? These people exist, man. And when you think about liberation, revolutionary shit, it's a lot of. Black LGBTQ people, may they rest in peace, Bay Rustin, Marsha P. Johnson and did a lot for the liberation of black people. And I think that when it comes to a lot of people in our community that don't know what's going on, we have been robbed of a lot of the history when it comes to specifically what black LGBTQ people have done for us to make it where we think that it I'm saying all of a sudden it's a new it's a new 2020 phenomenon. Like mm-hmm. hey, and that, hey, that PS5 coming out and shit, them, 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 them trans folks, that shit just came out two years ago. It's like, nah, mm-hmm. man, this shit been here. It's been around. It's easy to look at trans folks like a a, a PS5. You know what I'm saying? A new, uh, 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 new <laughs> conglomeration or some shit. Like, yeah. nah, man, you lost in the sauce of stupidity. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Lost in the sauce of stupidity.
1: Absolutely.
2: So we're going to end on that note.
0: <laughs> we we hope that you guys tuning in have been educated on something today. That was the whole purpose of the conversation. Um, we appreciate you consciously. And before we head out, we wanted to ask you, this is supposed to be our icebreaker uh, question. We skipped over that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to know if you were to win any award, what award would you want to win?
2: If I was to win an award, what award would I want to win? Best educator? educator I, I take my education i take i take my educating seriously you feel me so if there was an award to you know be, you know, um, 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 a social media educator or just a edu- educator, educator. I want to be your favorite educator, educator. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. really, just, 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 you know, a, an award or accolade that's about the the blood, sweat, tears, mental labor, emotional labor, physical labor, psychological labor I put into teaching, whether I'm doing it in the classroom or on social media. That's the shit that I really, you know, what I'm saying value my teachings and what I, what I do, what I learn, and how I learn, and how I get other people to learn. All right. Beautiful.
0: Would that be aligned with like a Peabody? Is that what something educators are educate or awarded Peabody awards? Actually, I'm just I don't thinking know. of like big awards. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like I'm trying love. to manifest this into your life, my brother. You know I what I'm know, saying?
2: I, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Oh, know.
1: that's excellence in radio broadcasting.
2: Yeah, it's a radio broadcasting. <laughs> we'll so all right. of them. Listen, man. Let me. Yeah. Let me... Let me get my own show to teach, man. You know what I'm saying? It's coming soon. You feel me? Start, me it up, own, Start it up, man. Start it up. My own show to teach. You feel me? Get my own little network. You know what I'm saying? Con- conscious edutainment. You feel me? You don't have a YouTube channel? I gotta say, on on this note, we'll ride
1: the wave out of here. YouTube channel,
2: man. I got a YouTube channel. Go ahead, plug I plug everything. I another life. YouTube is another world. You feel me? <laughs> I- I'm on there. You know what I'm saying? I got I got some- I got some content that's on. That's uh, I-, I actually uh did a lecture last week in my social work class. I teach I teach uh, human diversity and social work. Um, to social work students, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. The University of Oklahoma, and I actually got the, my one of my last lectures up on my YouTube page. Where I'm talking about uh, stigmatization, stigma, and different social work theories. Oh yeah, the consciously on everywhere. The consciously everywhere you can find me. Everywhere you have a social media, it's a consciously on there. You feel me? I got me. I got I got it on there. T h e c o n s c i o u s. The consciously GeorgeLeeSpeaks.com. You want the bio if you're interested in booking. I actually do diversity and inclusion trainings. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to uh, Colorado State. Shout out to our people in, in Seattle. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be rocking with them next week. I got I got like three gigs next week. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to, you know what I mean? Uh, shout out to my people too in Lemoyne College. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Up, in upstate New York, you feel me? I'm, 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 I'm coming that way soon too. God damn. Huh. It's, it's a few places though, that's that, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm coming that way, man. GeorgeLeeSpeaks.com though. Shout out to y'all for giving this opportunity to come, you know what I'm saying? On y'all platform. And run my mouth and rant and talk shit and, you know absolutely what
1: man we appreciate you coming thank
0: y'all. we definitely appreciate it you guys please follow this man um i know he spit so much knowledge today we really appreciate it again consciously george lee speaks follow him <laughs> and thank you so much for tuning into the third episode of shit black girls watch Tune back in uh, next week for episode four. We are talking about girl. What are we talking about? Oh, we talking about uh, horror. Our top five <laughs> genre horror movies. Uh, Halloween episode. So come out, uh, come listen and get spooky with us. It's and,
1: spooky. Uh, <laughs> a little spooky. Um, wear a costume. Oh, we should wear I'm, costumes. I'm lying. I'm lying. we should should get spooky
0: and sexy um so thank you guys so much for tuning in i'm mia denae i'm trish and we'll we'll see you guys next time